0: Hey, welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. Here, we're going to talk about all things OCD. If you've been enjoying this podcast so far, and if you'd like to work together, come check out my monthly membership called Mastering OCD and join a group of other people like yourself. You can go to wwwcoreresultscom forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership. And see you in there. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast, and today I have Lauren McMeekin from OCD LA, and today we're going to be talking about core fears and OCD. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Yes, and so I actually am going to start by saying that as we just um, jumped on this call to say hello to each other and meet each other, we, we kind of started diving into this conversation and totally. now I was like, wait, wait, let's, let's, start, <laughs> let's start, because I think this will be actually really interesting for people to hear um, and we were just talking about um, just kind of the concept of core fears and from the CBT lens, which I want you to say what you were just saying before, because I thought it was really awesome um, in terms of kind of the main buckets and beliefs. And then specifically when we get into OCD um, and kind of some of the core fears that show up there that we both yeah. um, maybe see. So why don't you go ahead and tell tell me again about like some of the the, the three kind of main components you see in CBT and And that show up, like I mentioned, like sometimes in depression or when folks are just having more generalized anxiety or um, kind of low self-esteem, things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting because it's coming from the sort of core beliefs realm, right? Mm -hmm. So within the realm of traditional CBT, and I think... It's Judith Beck's book uh, so uh, about, I think it's called cognitive therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, but she talks about these three major buckets, right? Of, I think it's worthlessness or unworthiness, uh, helplessness, and unlovability as the the sort of central themes that tend to underlie these negative core beliefs, which are obviously problematic. Uh, If you have a core belief that you're helpless, that's going to prevent you from undertaking things that are going to help you get better and unlivability, worthlessness. I think it's all pretty self-explanatory. But I know that we were also talking about the fact that within the realm of of OCD, this idea of core fears comes up in a lot of different ways, depending on whose work you're reading. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely interested to sort of talk about that as well.
0: Yeah, and, and you mentioned a couple of different folks. So, so for me, you know, I did training with the Behavioral Therapy Training Institute through IOCDF, and one of the topics was discussed by Dr. Polak. And so he mentioned that not that this is an evidence-based um, kind of studied process, but that he noticed for himself that there seems to be kind of these, these main core buckets in OCD um, that tend to show up a lot, which happens to be a, one is a core fear of death and dying. Another is a fear of loss, abandonment, rejection. Another is fear of some sort of spiritual dismemberment. Um, and another is some sort of a, being stuck in some sort of a permanent state or or in something that, that seems indefinite. Um, mm. And so it can be a combination of those, but t- typically it tends to be somewhere in there. And so since that training, I noticed that in, in my practice quite often Um, In fact, when I'm helping folks with OCD start to study their OCD and look at themes that are showing up, because I always tell people it's really thematic and it's repetitive. And once you start to pay attention, you start to see like, where does your OCD typically take you? Is it always taking you to some sort of death and dying process? Um, Even if it's responsibility OCD, right? It can take you to that you're going to be responsible for killing other people Mm -hmm. um, because you didn't, you know, inform them earlier or relationship OCD of course a lot of fears around you know abandonment rejection right um Mm -hmm. you can have health focused themes where it can be that somehow like something's off in my body or somebody didn't catch it and and what if I get stuck in this and what if I it'll never be fixed so there's those forever buckets right Um, or of course with religiosity right um that somehow because I had some bad thought or a sexual thought or something like that like you know God's not going to accept me or my my soul is going to go to the devil or somehow I'm tarnished or something like that. So they do tend to show up in those ways and I've definitely seen it. So that's from just clinical experience that I've had in terms of also, like I said, listening to to that presentation, but I wanted to hear your kind of notions or ideas or thoughts or what you think about all that.
1: Well, so it is really interesting because I've certainly seen this in a lot of in, individuals and, and sort of with a variety of themes, because as, as you mentioned, right, like we do tend to see people with a variety of themes that, so for instance, I'm thinking of somebody who I worked with, with, um, with POCD and hit and run OCD. And it was this, the, the sort of, the core fear was related to this idea that she was going to be a bad person, Right. So this um, this being bad fear, which uh, Dr. Yadin talks about, which is a little bit different. But I feel like there's so much overlap in terms of these these sort of buckets that we're talking about. Um, But going back to this particular case, right, that, that there's this this core fear that she's like inherently a bad person right?
0: Yeah, that goes in in that whole, um, and I know it's a spiritual dismemberment, but it it actually slash like morality. Moral, yeah. that kind of goes in in that clump, so. Definitely, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's, I mean, that's exactly,
1: that's so interesting. So, essentially, there are these two very different fears that that both fit into this one category, and I think one of the main reasons why it's important to look at core fears is that when we look at all of these different worries. And then we also look at all of the different compulsions that it can feel really overwhelming to people. How am I ever supposed to overcome the fact that I'm afraid of hitting somebody and I'm also afraid that I'm going to molest a child, right? Like this feels like a lot. And then again, you start to really break down into a hierarchy, all of the different compulsions that a person is doing and all of the avoidance. And when you... when you find this sort of central line, it's a parsimonious way of explaining what's going on, and it starts to feel a little less overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that it also, it's really important because let's say you've got somebody with harm OCD who's afraid that they'll be unable to live with the guilt feeling for the rest of their lives if they hurt somebody versus um, somebody who's going to die and they won't be able to be with them anymore if they kill them, right? These are two different fears, even though it may be the same action that is feared. That makes sense.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And even as you're talking, I'm kind of thinking too, like if somebody's more depressed, right? And there's this thing about like, I'm worthless. or I'm not good enough, or I'm unlovable. That's very drastically different. And in terms of how it's going to impact also your behavior and your emotions versus in an anxiety disorder, like OCD, where, you know, everything in your behavior is really all about trying to prevent that bad thing that your brain says could happen from happening.
1: For Um, sure although i feel like they they can certainly overlap and that's oh. not dissimilar from what we see in in our offices right that people have often have comorbid mood disorders when they have anxiety so. disorders but and and certainly interesting to see how obsessions can play into like for instance if you take the sort of core belief of worthlessness and then you start having these intrusive thoughts about i don't know why, why do I keep going back to POCD? But like, you know, like they keep going back or if the, you know, the concern is that you're going to, Molest someone, and that thought pops in that you're going to likely feel some shame and a sense of worthlessness related to that. You and I both know that that doesn't mean anything about the person, but that doesn't change the fact that in the moment that that worthlessness schema tends to.
0: Well, pop in. exactly, and I think that, and that's where you know you can again feel depressed, right? You, because oftentimes you can have these two things happening, and then sometimes, at least, I've noticed that when addressing. helping a person understand their OCD and really, really recognize how to separate from that part of themselves in a healthy manner, like a healthy detachment where you can recognize like, okay, I'm having these thoughts, they're intrusive, but now I understand the nature of intrusive thoughts. I understand that there's no, uh, any, there's no deep meaning about them. There's no rhyme or reason why. It's just something that happens. It happens to everybody. But to me, it happens a bit more than not because of the way my brain is set up. So you can really understand and wrap your head around it Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then why you're feeling what you're feeling like, OK, it's triggering my fight and fight response. So my alarm system's going off. So, yeah, obviously, I feel like intuitively I have to do something about it. But now I'm learning that I have to kind of go against my um, intuition, my organic response, because it's my actually yeah. a long time at the wrong over the wrong thing. So, OK, I'm learning how to decipher that. Right. And so once we help people really grasp that and how to work with that and, and differentiate, oftentimes, a lot of things i've found i see it kind of tend to resolve because suddenly you're not feeling as depressed because now you understand what's happening now that's of course different than when somebody actually has you know clinical depression right um, sure,
1: sure. Although certainly one can inform the other. And that's I, I think it's interesting that you I agree with what you're saying that it's so important to educate people at the the front end of treatment that your thoughts aren't inherently meaningful. And yet, and I don't know if maybe I'm going off topic a little bit, but it's interesting because a lot of people still question whether or not they, but maybe they do. Maybe they do mean something, and that's where you know the, uh, OCD can start to attack treatment, which is a whole of other course. can so of worms. If OCD, yeah, you're going to doubt everything,
0: yeah, <laughs> including, <laughs>
1: including, the including the disorder. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Uh- <laughs> I know yeah. it's such a beast.
1: It's such oh, a beast. <laughs>
0: um, um, so coming back to core fears, one yeah. of the questions that I want to ask, and because I always love to give my audience at least one tip, one something they can take with them. So So when we're talking about core fears, is there something you could offer, like a suggestion or a tip or a strategy or something? How could somebody who is listening, who is experiencing OCD, um, intrusive content, how could they identify a core fear and what's actually happening?
1: Yeah, so I think it all comes down to figuring out what the absolute worst case scenario is. Uh, and, and I think that actually oftentimes that'll come up in, in writing an imaginal exposure, right? That you're really just trying to get down to what am I afraid is going to happen? And if you start to to find the, what am I afraid is going to happen? Like what's the, the worst outcome here? Mm-hmm. That that can inform you in terms of especially if you look at them across fears if you happen to have a lot of different thematic intrusive thoughts that if you start to look at what that worst case scenario is across a lot of different fears that you tend to see themes you mm-hmm. tend to to see oh there's there's a sense of responsibility and if they don't take the responsibility then it's going to end up in you know their moral dismemberment right like that you were talking about earlier or um that yeah so I, I think from my vantage point it really comes down to getting at what is the worst case what what is the end of this story that you are unwilling to have happen that you keep doing compulsions in order to avoid Um, And that usually, I I think also the buckets that you mentioned earlier are very helpful in that regard because if people know kind of what they might be looking for, right? And um, we were talking before the podcast, I think Dr. Greenberg talks about like a very, four similar categories, Um, trying to think offhand. It's, I think actually he talks about it and that they're Dr. Yadim's. So there's death, suffering being bad. And there's one more that I'm, I'm missing actually me. I have it noted somewhere, I think. Oh, ruining, of course, ruining like this, this sense of causing and some sort of irreversible damage. Um, And that if you know that, that your core fear is likely to fall into one of those, those categories, then it's going to help to train your attention on what's, most important and like what's what, what to sort of draw out of your your
0: fears to to get the core fear if that makes sense mm-hmm. yes yeah, so, uh, honestly everything you just said sounds like it really kind of overlaps with um the exactly one, like a pollock i'm like oh yeah they actually all go together it's like slightly different way of saying the same thing exactly um, exactly yeah i think i think if i understood you correctly what you're saying is that when you can kind of drill down and, and recognize and see which one of these is actually playing out or which one of these is coming up. It's almost like you're learning a language, right? So you, you get really familiar. You learn what it sounds like, what it feels like so that then right. you can recognize it much faster and kind of separate yourself from it and go, Oh, that's my OCD talking up. Oh, that's my fear brain. There it is again. Um, right. Right.
1: Well, and it, it's just, there are, if I say, go find your core fear, but I, you know, there's no sort of, this is, the sampling of what that could look like, then it's, it's very difficult to to know what that is or to, to find it. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So you're saying like when you have, so when you have these to look like you're looking for this, so then it becomes easier to kind of know what you're looking for. And then you it's like, you can decipher then You can start to see like, yeah, where does my brain continuously take me to? Yeah, yes. I think honestly, I had a client I worked with um, and uh, she, it was a contamination element but the fear was that this person would be like patient zero basically was going to be the one the one Mm. percentile I'm lucky one that's going to basically get everybody sick and like wipe out California oh wow so we started you know we, we had a good enough rapport where um I do like to use humor sometimes so like totally we had a session in the morning and just kind of I was looking more serious, and I I looked at her and I said, "Oh, what's happening? Are we why why are we going out of California again?" Uh, You know, we could laugh a little (laughs) bit. Um, And I was teaching her too to say, "Look, it's okay to have a little lightness and levity. Like it's okay to have that kind of relationship with your OCD." Kind of recognize, like, yeah, there goes my OCD again. Like, yep, apparently I'm wrong again, or yep, apparently I'm killing everybody, or yep, apparently I'm, you know, molesting everybody. Apparently, (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, I need to be locked up again. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. Like, we go? <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I think being playful with it can can be really helpful. And at the same time, at the core of it is accepting the uncertainty. So you don't want to necessarily use all that, you know, the sort of sarcastic vibe to,
0: I don't know, to to sort of reassure yourself in a exactly. sense. Well, exactly what you just said on the nail on the head. And I think I'm glad you said that because that's always a disclaimer that we have to yeah. give. Like, <laughs> you can be light. You can be light, but this is one of those disorders where always be attentive and present in what you're doing and how you're doing it. So it doesn't become a compulsive compulsion because for sure, compulsion for sure. Can sneak in, right? A person can easily use psychoeducation compulsively or they can totally compulsively versus the way, I just described and am intending it more like, hey, sometimes it's okay to laugh a little bit. It's okay 100%. to 100%. Kind of but exactly right. But not start to lean on that as a thing to make you feel better and reassure and exactly, yeah. and kind of say, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It, it, this is OCD. This is OCD. It's like, no, no. Right. Who knows? Right. I always we don't know. Ultimately, yeah. that I'm willing to sit with just not knowing for sure. But yeah. Um, Absolutely. Also, And I think
1: the thing is that uh, sort of at the end of the road is just what you were just saying, right? Is accepting uncertainty, accepting that you don't know. And the beautiful thing about finding the core fear is that once you accept, you know what, maybe I am a bad person. Maybe I am right, and, and feeling all those feelings that come along with this idea that is really scary, and and that nobody likes to not know, but mm-hmm. it's particularly uh, pronounced for people with OCD. That that's where freedom is. Yeah, right? and and I think it's interesting because one of the benefits of looking at core fears is that when when you accept the core fear, if you if you accept the possibility therein, it generalizes to all.
0: Of the individual compulsions, hundred uh. percent. I, I I totally agree with you, hundred percent. And and the fact is that it's actually you know I know we just kind of joked a little bit, and that's one example. But the reality is when this is actually happening live, it, it's usually very intense, and it's very scary, and and you're in a state of uh, a lot of anxiety, and it, it really is so unpleasant, um, and it feels so bad. Um, but like you said, it, it's it's again, it's really bringing awareness and recognition to what's happening to you so mm-hmm. that you don't just fall into it. Um, yeah. you could see it for what it actually is and go, okay, like, I'm um, this is a hard moment right now, but I also know what this is. And, um, and really, or I'm
1: uh, willing to accept that I might right? like that. I don't, I don't know for sure, but
0: yeah. But- well, I mean like, 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 yeah, when you're a meaning, like, I know what this is, meaning like I'm having an anxiety disorder. It's my OCD brain, <sighs> Uh, meant more that process of what yeah. you're feeling that, um, and then like, whatever comes after that, which is like that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm bad. Like the example you gave, or like, yeah. oh my God, maybe I just did something terrible and now everybody hates me. Or maybe now I, uh, or maybe, I, maybe something, you know, um, catastrophic is, is ha- about to happen. Um, right. Right. Really being able to just sit with that and, and choose to not answer that question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think I get where you're going at, what you're going for now is the, that knowing I know how to feel this, right? Like I know how to feel this feeling. I don't
0: have to get rid of it. I can just make space and it's okay. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was, I think a really fruitful conversation. And I I know that, you know, with OCD, it can feel complex at times, but also there are certain processes and structures that are repetitive. And once you really learn what those are, it it can get a little easier to know how to work with yourself. Um, But yeah, core fears, man.
1: I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I, I yeah. agree this
0: was a fruitful
1: conversation and thank and you. So um, if people want to find you, where can they find you? So uh, I am on Instagram and I have, uh, I guess my handle is at The Obsessive Mind. So I try to post there regularly with uh, tidbits about life with OCD and anxiety disorders and sometimes throw in eating disorders as well because I work with people with eating disorders. Um, I work at OCD Center of Los Angeles, which you can find us online at ocdla.com. And yeah, I think that
0: that's pretty much the gist.
1: Oh, and I have a website, theobsessivemind.com
0: another Perfect. place. Perfect. Yeah. I'll include all that, of course, in the show notes. Thanks awesome. so much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you want ongoing support with live weekly Q&A calls to address your questions about OCD and get topic trainings, please join my membership, Mastering OCD. Go to www.coresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R Results. Dot .com forward slash membership.